Welcome to Unconscious. I'm your host, Liz Cook, functional nutritionist and founder of One Seed Organic Perfumes. Unconscious is a podcast presented by One Seed for the purpose of connecting you in a more meaningful way to the world around you and to help you dive deeper into your own life and habits and encourage you to investigate the products we use, the way we think and how we interact with the world around us. On today's episode, we talk to Melissa Kruger, co-founder of Australian clean beauty stores, Conscious Kin. We didn't want to ever green theme or greenwash or anything like that or mislead our customers. And so the name of our store started to raise a few alarms for us that we were misleading people because there's an even bigger story with natural and clean beauty. It's really important to meet people where they're at and we're all just trying to do the best we can with the information and the knowledge that we have at hand. So let's jump in now. My guest today is Melissa Kruger, co-founder of Conscious Kin, which is one of my absolute favorite clean beauty stores in Australia. Welcome, Melissa. Hi, nice to be here. I heard that you have a nickname, Litty, which I'm finding really hard to get used to saying, but I'm determined today I'm <laughs> going to call you Litty. But where did Litty come from? I have always been called Litty. Um, it's actually a nickname that my family gave to me, and I like to call it uh, about 30 years of laziness. Um, <laughs> but it came about because I was never a Mel. I always got the tail end of Melissa and Lissa, Lissy, Litty, and Litty seemed to have stuck. Um, most people either know me as Melissa or Litty and they, they don't relate to each other at all. So I always have that weird, you know. Um, so people hear someone say, oh, Litty, and they say, who's Litty? <laughs> it's fine. Right. It's actually fine. I tried to outgrow it when I was 30, um, but it was like flubber and came back. So now I'm owning it and I think I'll be Litty till I die. <laughs> all right. So I'm going to go Litty. So if I say Melissa, just correct me, won't you? Oh, I'm happy to do that. It's all good. Litty, tell us about Conscious Kin. I think a lot of our listeners will know your beautiful stores, but some of them may not. And because you're one of my favorites, I'd love you to talk talk about um, the Conscious Kin story and uh, yeah, where did you all start and how did the brand evolve over time? So Conscious Kin actually started about five years ago. Um, it started before then. Emma and Rebecca, my sisters, they were always involved. They always loved natural products. They always were about not using chemicals in their home and on their children and um, on themselves and always about doing what was right for the planet. And um, I was probably on the other side of the fence at the beginning. I was mainstream uh, marketer's dream. So I thought that all of the marketing information that they'd give us on the you know, on the ads and things like that was, oh, this will make you beautiful or you need this to be that, blah, blah, blah. And I just ate it all up and was like, oh, my gosh, I need that. Otherwise, I won't be X, Y, Z. I never believed Emma and Rebecca. And it was actually probably about five, six years ago that I became the textbook convert. So it all started with a deodorant actually. Um, The old deodorant trick. The the thing is, you remember the deodorants um, back in the 90s, they were a crystal deodorant and they never worked. Oh, from that point, I just was like, oh, no, that, you know, all natural products must be just all talk. But then I went online and I thought, you know what, I will try this one natural deodorant paste that was advertising. And I could remember calling Rebecca and saying, oh, my gosh, this actually works. (laughs) 
So <laughs> from then on, actually, Rebecca and Emma were just like, uh, yeah, it does. Have you tried this? Have you tried that? And I became such a convert. I was like, actually, you know what? All of these are really good and my skin is actually improving and I'm not putting these chemicals into my body. And from that point, we actually started talking about the reason why no one could find natural and organic products is because they weren't available. There wasn't a shop um, and there wasn't a great deal of online back then anyway, but you'd have to buy the whole product and you couldn't test it and try it. And so it became quite an investment and quite a leap of faith to jump into natural, which was already quite a question mark um, from mainstream products. So Rebecca had this great idea that wouldn't it be awesome if you could actually try before you buy natural products? Um, And we would start talking together, the three of us, and talk about if there was a place that you could actually have an online store, but also an in-store showroom that people could visit and explore all the incredible clean beauty brands in person. Yeah, it was really important for us to have that try before you buy experience and then a seamless journey online as well. What year was that, Melissa? That was back in October 2015, so five years ago now. So Emma herself, she was always, and she still is ahead of the curve when it comes to living ethically and sustainably. Like I look at her and just go, wow, she went complete minimalist and she's completely vegan. And it's an incredible thing watching her actually live her life. So when Emma and Rebecca both decided to work together, um, they asked me to join and I am the third child as well. So epic FOMO and I thought that this was the way (laughs) and I jumped straight in so there was not even a question of a doubt I was like yep let's do this I was actually a trainer back um, before I started Conscious Kin Um, a trainer as in a personal trainer no I was a cert for business trainer actually I I taught Microsoft Office and hence the reason why I do the IT in our business. But um, for me, it's really important. I have to know everything. And so I jumped in and I (laughs) did a diploma of beauty therapy straight up because I wanted to know everything about it. I went to the College of Natural Beauty before it closed down and I actually ended up getting my diploma in beauty therapy. And yeah, that's how we started. Um, We actually started as Organic Index um, back in 2015 and we were exclusively Australian and New Zealand beauty brands. And then we evolved into Conscious Kin when we we grew, but that's another story I think we're going to talk about. (laughs) Yeah, well, I'd like to talk a little bit about that because in five years you've had a few evolutions, I guess. And when I first um, met you ladies, you started off the brand being called Organic Index and then you pivoted to Conscious Kin. So talk to me about about that little pivot in the name and then how the brand has evolved over the last few years. I know that you were doing international brands and now you've gone back to Australian New Zealand brands. Yeah, 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 exactly. For us, it was always really important to be 100% genuine and transparent. Um, we actually started as Organic Index and Customers would actually come in and think, oh, well, Organic Index, that must mean everything in our store was certified organic. We didn't want to ever green theme or greenwash or anything like that or mislead our customers. And so the name of our store started to raise a few alarms for us that we were misleading people because there's an even bigger story with natural and clean beauty. You know, you can either get wildcrafted products, you can get completely natural products that are sourced locally, you can get 
organic products that aren't certified organic but use certified organic ingredients but haven't gone to the state where they've certified their whole product, which will then lead to, as you would know, you know, all of the annual costs that add, which increase the price of the product. So there's so much of a different range when it comes to clean and natural beauty that we thought, you know, it's more of a conscious choice. So that led to us realizing that we wanted to be enabling a conscious choice for our customers and not to ever be ever be responsible for greenwashing or green theming. We just wanted to help our customers make a conscious choice in natural and clean beauty, you know, and actually state what it is that we do stand for, which was 100% ethical, 100% sustainable, and um, we never wanted to exclude anyone based on what their values are because it's really important to meet people where they're at and we're all just trying to do the best we can with the information and the knowledge that we have at hand Um, and when we know better we do better but the biggest thing is I never ever wanted to any way shape or form make anyone feel bad for their choices or that their choices were wrong because each one of us you and me included we may be very similar in what our values are but intimately our values are equally important Liz and that's the biggest thing so what made us go back to just Australian New Zealand brands I think Liz that's part of the biggest story regarding the last five years of our business we grew we grew really quickly so we started off as Organic Index and then we were off a place in James Street in Brisbane, which was huge. So when we opened up our showroom in James Street, we actually changed our name to Conscious Kin. And being in James Street, we were in the hub of all of this really incredible shopping experience for um, people who do shop consciously and are looking for value-based products. And customers would come in and say, oh, do you have XYZ from international brands? And we, we really wanted to offer our customers choice. And so we thought, okay, with makeup especially, the initial reason was to show people that, yeah, we'll put the international brand here and we'll put it on the same platform as our Australian brands and our New Zealand brands are. And you'll see that there is no difference. It's just that the international brands have a bit more money behind them and have been marketed. We did do that and did it effectively, you know, it was able to put up, you know, side by side some Australian and New Zealand brands next to the American and English um, makeup brands and people would choose the Australian brands or New Zealand brands, if not more than than the international brands. Um, so for us, we just wanted to offer choice. But what came from that is that I think we diluted ourselves a little bit with what our purpose was and me personally. So when we grew, we grew so quickly. We we had three stores at one stage and in the midst of all that, Liz, I actually fell pregnant with my third baby just after we opened up at James Street and I had him three weeks before we opened up at Southport. So. Wow. So much growth and so much change in such a small amount of time that when I ended up coming back from maternity leave and I took the strategic leadership of Conscious Kin in 2020, for me to take this leadership role and after you know having my bub, he's almost two years old now, it was a really important thing for me to really believe and get our message strong about why I'm doing what I'm doing and why we're continuing to open our doors every day it had to be something that was really of real importance to me and that's to support people that I know who are doing a really good job these international brands they're really 
great, but I don't know them. And they've got, you know, all of their collateral and marketing collateral behind them. I know, and I believe in the products that we sell um, from our Australia and New Zealand friends. Why would I compromise that by diluting our mission or our, our vision? And so I came back to, what did we start with? We started off exclusively supporting Australia and New Zealand brands in clean beauty, natural natural skincare and holistic well-being. And so I thought, you know what, that makes me feel good. That makes me actually feel like I'm, I'm getting up every day. Like you were saying, you know, with your business, I get up every day and I really want to do this. I want to talk to the people that I work with. I want to work with them. I want I want to see them thrive. Yeah. And that's why we pivoted back this year to Australia and New Zealand exclusively. It's a super important thing for me, actually, as you can probably tell. <laughs> yeah, you're very passionate about, which is awesome. And there are so many good brands coming out in Australia and New Zealand. And I think you you allude to a very good point there, and that is that a lot of the international brands are very well financially backed, and we tend not to be here in Australia and New Zealand. So the fact that we're releasing such amazing products, I think it says a lot about Australian businesses and a lot about Australian people and it's actually quite astounding at the level of quality that comes out of this country and how we, even though Australia is not massive into clean beauty yet, we're really doing very well in this space. There's brands coming out sort of monthly, I'm seeing them. Are you seeing the same thing? It's amazing. It's yeah. so fun to be part of. Um, again, my FOMO comes out super hard. <laughs> yeah. What's this next thing? The other thing as well is, is, Australia has the highest standards in the world and we have some of the best brands and the best products um, and we're so super popular outside of Australia and New Zealand. It's it's quite a paradox. Here in Australia, we're all about the international brands when we've got some of the best brands in the world right here. I don't know why we do that because, yeah, we, we're always tending to look overseas as if the best things come from overseas, but we need to look harder in our own backyard because we do produce some amazing products here. We do, we do, and I think it's all about creating that platform that people can then explore and feel like they can experience the products and the brands in a way that that feeds into their value chain as well. You'll see that Australian New Zealand brands as well, they've changed their their packaging. The presentation has to level up to equal that of the international brands. And I think you see that more and more is that the products may be of the highest quality, but they have to present in the highest quality as well for people to be able to uptake on that. Absolutely. And I I am seeing a bit of an evolution with packaging now. I think Australian brands are starting to really elevate, which is really good. And we have to if we want to be on a level playing field because of the way people shop. Yeah, exactly. It's what we've been taught to do. We've been taught to look at packaging. We've been taught to look at presentation as the book cover is what we look to buy. And it's really hard to read in, turn the ingredients over and have a look and understand what all of these gamut of ingredients are that a lot of people go back on those cognitive heuristics of this looks good. It says clean. It says natural. It's presented in a way that I believe them. And I choose to put my money in this product as opposed to the international product. Yeah, it's funny. I, uh, I've i been in this space for 19 years and I've seen a lot of evolutions of different brands. And when I first opened my first store, yeah, back in 2001, I had uh, Mukti there. So Mukti's been around forever, which is amazing. But just having a look at the evolution of branding and packaging and so on, the amount of times I've heard people say, oh, it doesn't really matter what's on the outside. It's you know, If you have an amazing product, people will buy it. But frankly, that's just not true. 
And I see conversely, sometimes you can see a product that's actually, it's okay, but the branding and the packaging is so phenomenal. It draws people to it and makes them want to try it and use it and Instagram it and you know show everybody. So I agree with you. I think branding and packaging is really, really essential to a strong product. So you know we have so many great formulas, but we do as Australian brands need to elevate and we're really starting to do that in an amazing way. So gives everybody uh, much better options and a lot of people want to say well don't go for the packaging but we're visual people that's what we're drawn to that's human nature it's why we stop and pick flowers and you know love things that look lovely so yeah that's right and we want to talk about things that are beautiful and and we want to behold them (laughs) right that's exactly right that um and you raise that really interesting point about instagram and youtube the kids even our children i catch my children on ipads um looking at the unveiling of products you know yes this unboxing phenomenon i cannot believe it (laughs) hilarious my teenagers are the same we're watching other people unbox, unbox products. products but yep. in in a real very real sense there is a joy that when you if you've bought something if you bought a product that serves your values that you know is good for you but also the experience of opening that and beholding it exactly like you said um that all feeds into the whole experience of yes i'm doing the right thing i'm actually doing the right thing for myself or i feel good about this it's beautiful it's like that flower that you pick then you've got the the performance of it that's going to feed your skin and feed your body instead of just put lacquer over the top of it yeah and conscious can does that really well choosing products that are efficacious and look beautiful as well there's that full connection that feeling of i love how the product looks i feel really good about buying it because it feels like the packaging is gorgeous the values of the product and the brand align with my own and then you try the product and you know that you guys have curated the best of the best so i think you guys do that really really well it's a big job it's a big responsibility because there's a lot on our shoulders to read through all of the packaging and actually really road test the products before they go onto our shelves i have a lot of people apply to um to be stocked with us and i have to send them straight back i've got these brand guidelines that i send straight back and say hey listen first you need to sign these specific alignment guidelines then also um we need to try your products you know they may not include this list of non um blacklisted ingredients and they sign that you you agree you value our values and you're in for performance not profit and all of these things but then at the same time then we've got to try your products and they we have to road test them not just with ourselves but also see what our customers what the customer feedback is going to be like and then all of this happens in the back before you see any one of our products on our shelves now. Yeah, it's so good. It means we can walk into your store or buy something online and we know that everything there is amazing and we're not going to be disappointed. I want to talk to you about how Australia and internationally how we talk about clean beauty. It's interesting that the phrase clean beauty doesn't really come up in Australia and we're using it now because I think it explains more about what conscious kin does. I think it really is about cleaning up your beauty routine. They use this term in the States all the time, and but why do you think it hasn't really caught on here? I don't know about that. Um, I think it's taken a while to feed through all of the all of the messaging from mainstream to then filter down into our population. And we're getting I in the last five years 
um, especially being here at James Street, I've seen, you know, more and more people come across from mainstream and say that they've used mainstream products XYZ, but they're still finding that they're getting skin concerns that I feel like it's coming, it's changing, it is slower than what it was in the States. But also I think you have the mix of big mainstream companies that are then starting to use words like vegan and and using that as their great clean washing or, or green washing as it were, so that you're getting mixed messages. So our customers, you know, they'll come and say, oh, but this product was vegan and that's all well and good. Yes. But vegan doesn't necessarily mean natural, right? Because you can have, you can get a car tire and it could be vegan, but you're not going to be wanting to consume that. (laughs) That's exactly right. But then that's mixed messaging um, for customers who then go, oh, but, you know, this mainstream brand that I've already enrolled into is now offering vegan products and that's amazing yeah but not quite getting what they think they're getting I guess and they're not getting the performance that they think that they would receive that they would actually receive from clean natural products and so they're getting confused at the same time Liz we're getting so much more educated about what we put on and in our bodies that it's happening it's just happening at a slower rate I think because we've got those mixed messaging I wonder too if we in Australia like to say it like it is. So terms like clean or green don't necessarily say anything. I think, you know, in some countries they use more of these marketing terms like clean, but in Australia we're probably prone to say, well, what the heck does clean even mean? So, you know, say it like it is. Are you talking about natural or are you talking about vegan? And I wonder if that's why it hasn't taken off here as well. If it's clean, it it can mean all kinds of things where if I say it's vegan, that's very clear. If I say it's natural, it's very clear. Do you think that's perhaps what's had an impact? Yes, I guess so. I think moreover as well, um, people have taken phrases and I think we get over phrases really quickly. Mm-hmm. Well, unfortunately, even words like natural and organic get abused as well. So people do become a little disheartened or cynical about those terms. And and this is where ingredient education comes in, doesn't it? Because you can see a word like natural or vegan or organic or clean in marketing on a, or on a package. But at the end of the day, you have to be able to, as a customer, empower yourself with enough knowledge that you can flip that box over, have a little look and say, yeah, I'm going to call you out on this one because this is not a natural product or whatever you're looking for. In Australia, there seems to be still a bit of a resistance to natural beauty and natural beauty products. Why do you think that is? And have you seen that evolve in the last five years of Conscious Kin? I think people are definitely coming across more than what they used to, um, especially in the last couple of years. Things like makeup, though, is really hard um, because they're makeup by by its own definition you put it on to to make yourself look different or better or look how you want to look or as an artistic display of your internal perception you know all of those things the education behind putting makeup on that doesn't actually suffocate your skin that can actually feed your skin that is really hard when you put makeup on your skin, um, you can either feed your skin or you can cover it and make it, you know, suffocate. So I think that education between what I want to look like now and my problem that I'm solving right now is I want to look a certain way 
So, you know, I find that customers come in for especially with natural skincare and they're wanting to get that full coverage because they have these skin concerns of pigmentation or acne. So they want to get the full coverage, which you definitely can get with mainstream, which because they cover and they clog your pores, which solves your immediate problem, but it feeds into the continued problem of you're not going to get your skin concerns to improve. Whereas when you come across natural makeup, they want the full coverage, which you're not necessarily, you do get quite a beautiful coverage, but you have to build it with natural makeup. But at the same time, you're going to feed your skin and protect your skin and reinforce your skin underneath that it's going to improve that you're not going to want as much makeup in the future. So I think that's the dual problems there that you're trying to solve. So we've almost set people up for unrealistic expectations, I guess, of if you're used to a product that you kind of trowel on and then you look completely flawless, like, you know, with baby skin at 30 years old, but underneath, like you say, you've got skin problems, you've got acne, you've got rosacea, whatever it is. Like you say, you can solve that problem instantly, but underneath you still have a whole heap of other things going on. So what you're saying is if we take the approach, let's heal the skin from the inside and underneath the makeup then you need less makeup and a different sort of product that's a fairly long process isn't it though because we've been teaching people differently you know in beauty circles for quite a while it's educating people that the quick fix or the band-aid is going to continually you know feed into the longer term problem whereas you know, working with your skin and healing your skin is going to be solving your longer term problem, which will then result in the skin that you've always wanted. Yeah. Who doesn't want that? <laughs> it's such a, it's such an interesting conversation. I could talk for hours on, on that particular, because you're talking about people's, you know, how they feel about themselves. And, and yeah. a couple of uh, years ago, I had a girl come in um, and I was doing a makeup application on her and she said, are, are you okay to use those brushes? I'm like, yeah, no, all of our brushes are completely um, hygienic. We sterilize them and make sure that they're they're perfectly clean every time. She goes, no, 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 not not the brushes. I know the brushes are fine, but using them on my skin because she had minor breakout. It was nothing, and she she was in tears saying that to me. And all I because your skin is beautiful, and she had such beautiful, healthy skin, but just with a few breakouts, that was all. And it's dealing with those internal, really personal issue um, of how you feel about yourself and how you feel about what you actually see in the mirror as opposed to what's actually there. But that's what mainstream marketing feeds into. And that's what we're trying to undo is, you know, we're trying to undo all of that cognitive process of saying everything that you are is just perfectly, you know, who you are. And we can just help feed and nourish your skin and yourself and your soul. Like when you're talking about someone's appearance, it's a very personal, personal thing. Absolutely. What's your approach to leading people towards cleaner beauty, especially people who are maybe just coming over from mainstream? So I think the biggest thing there is meeting people where they are at. Again, that non-judgment, completely inclusive place for people to feel comfortable to be exactly who they are. And they, they come into our store for whatever reason that they're there and we meet them at that. So if you've come in and you're just looking for a really nice hand wash to put in your guest bathroom or to use in your own bathroom because you just want to have something that smells delightful, um, then we'll meet you there and we'll, we'll provide you with the most beautiful hand washes that we have on offer. <laughs> you know, uh, There's no judgment. 
coming back to we all do the best we can with what we have. We do better when we know better. So it's never, ever telling anybody that they're wrong for any choices that they make. It's just if you have a problem, we'll meet you there and we'll help you with whatever you need help with. And we're all on our own journey. Yeah, that's great. And there are places where you can start. Of course, you you talked about in the beginning, your starting place was with deodorant. For somebody else, it might be a hand wash or for someone else, it might be, you know, they want to trade in their favorite commercial uh, mascara and they want to find something that, that works beautifully. So I guess it's meeting people where they're at and starting where they want to start. I wanted to actually add an anecdotal little story that was a huge moment for me, Liz. Right before we even opened our first store, we, my sister Emma and I, we went down to a beauty expo in Sydney and we were there just with our handful of products that were only testers. We didn't even have any stock at that stage and we had quote cards. So we were just there with a great idea and with our hearts out thinking that I live quite holistically and going, okay, I'm here to present, you know, what we have on offer and see how it's received. And I met a lady who was not only a vegan, and I didn't know that that, that this even existed. She was not only a vegan, but what in what she consumed or what she used, she only used vegan compost on her garden exclusively as well. And that was wow. such a significant moment for me because I realized that there were so many levels to people's values that I had not even conceptualized yet. That was the biggest thing for me to realize that no matter where I am at on my journey, everyone else is on their journey and there are all different types and none is any more important or any less important because it's all as relevant to, to the person themselves. Yeah, that's really good. I love your approach to staffing. It's quite unique um, that all of the team on the floor in your stores are either makeup artists or naturopaths. Tell me about that approach and how do you, what made you make that decision and how does it change the experience for the customer in store? You know, I think it really came from wanting to have people in our business that were as passionate as we are. And we're naturally passionate. So we, you know, I went out and, and did my diploma. I wanted to be educated. I wanted to know everything so that people could trust what I was saying and that I could give them the correct solutions. And I think we always just genuinely wanted to be able to help our customers with their concern and not just sell something for the point of the sale alone and when we have qualified makeup artists and qualified naturopaths and and herbalists as well uh, work with us then they're genuinely looking to give our customers a solution based on what they need that may not actually even result in a sale at that time but will it will help with our customers understanding that we're there for them for for the solution and their experience over profit like there's no point in us selling something and just for the point of the sale you won't believe us and you may have the solution at home like the amount of times not just me but our staff we all end up recommending the humble washcloth do you have a washcloth you know, um, do you use your washcloth? No, I haven't used a washcloth. My mum used to tell me to use a washcloth. It's so old fashioned. <laughs> Come and resurrect your washcloth. Just use, you know, a beautiful bamboo or a cotton washcloth. Make sure it's dried out every time you use it in a clean side, every time you use it, because that is going to be one of the most beautiful, gentle and effective exfoliants and ways of removing your makeup and any pollution and debris during the day that you might get that you have at home and it's there. So that's the first step, you know, and once we tell people 
and share that with people, then they're like, wow, actually that's a solution that doesn't cost me a thing. Then maybe you do and we really are invested in in our customers' experience. The sale will come organically. Yeah, and I think that does that certainly does come across when I've spoken to your staff. They're passionate about what they sell. And I think these days all of us walk into a store already knowing most of what we want to know. So you can't get away with having staff that are just selling to you because you're calling their bluff as a customer most of the time. So I guess most people hope that the salesperson knows more than they do. Unfortunately, that's not often true these days, but I certainly find that it is true at Conscious Kin. So I think that's a really beautiful choice that you guys have made. That makes my heart warm. I do love our team. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to tell everybody too, I'm not being paid to say any of this. So just in case anyone's going, wow, she's on a really good deal with them. Nope, I'm actually not being paid. Conscious Kin does stock one seed perfumes, but I am not being paid to say this. I And the reason I want to interview Melissa and profile the store today is I really, really think that you guys are doing so beautifully with the products and the ethos and you've got to be future. Thank you so much. So let's go down to the nitty gritty now. What are your top three best sellers? And I'm sure that nobody asks you this, but what are the three products you think of that should be best sellers? Because you know that they're amazing, but they haven't taken off yet. Yeah. Oh gosh. Okay, cool. Yeah. How do I narrow down all my children? (laughs) The top one would have to be the Beauty Chef Glow and Collagen uh, in a Beauty Boost. Those two are internal beauty products. They just jump off our shelves. And because people actually feel really good when they take the glow powder in the morning and the collagen and they see their skin, it's hydrating their skin from the inside. Um, as part of Color Oats, um, she's, um, she's been doing what she's been doing for a very, very long time. And I love that um, her whole approach is moisturizing your cells from the inside and nourishing your cells from the inside at the basal layer of your skin. And then as those cells grow and become, you know, your epidermis, it, your, your skin feels better and you feel better as well. Like everything works better when you're on the glow. And aside from the glow, what else is in your top three? Uh a foundation from Era Perez. It's called the Oat Milk Foundation. Oh, look, I'm actually wearing that one today. How funny is that? I actually just bought that one and it arrived yesterday. It really has a beautiful texture. And I normally wear a powder foundation, so a mineral powder, and wearing liquid, and I love it. I'm glad you love it because it's a really easy one for people to also transition across to as well for makeup. Um, it applies very very similar to um, any mainstream product and it's got the same efficacy that, that you come to expect from, from a foundation. So that one always jumps off our shelves. I can't keep that one on our shelves. And the third would have to be, uh, really strangely, Loco Love Chocolate. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Don't even get me started on Loco Love. If they want to sponsor me, please feel free and send me baskets and baskets of chocolate because I'm obsessed you guys started me on that and I can't stop. <laughs> yeah, and we have people that come in specifically in the afternoon because that's that's their chocolate or their sweet treat, but it's refined sugar-free, it's um, gluten-free, it's dairy-free, it's, you know, filled with adaptogens. The, the product actually tastes like a regular gorgeous chocolate, you know. Well, better, I think, better. It's an experience. It's it's no Cadbury's. <laughs> yeah. No, no, you don't feel rubbish when you eat it too. You feel good. Um, and so that's definitely um, that's definitely a winner um, for our staff as well, <laughs> and me. 
you, you've caused a problem for me now because now I'm not going to get that out of my head for the rest of the day and I'm going to have to go to my local organic shop and go and buy some. Yeah, I know, right? Oh, my goodness. All right, you're talking my language. And what about the three products that you think should have taken off but they haven't as yet? Okay, so we've talked about one already and that's probably um, a category, which is makeup in general, um, again, because it's about that whole experience of opening up the palette and, you know, having the YouTubers and the Instagrammers, you know, talk and, and create the buzz around it. And then that actually generates so much interest. But, you know, we're coming across like a lot of people are understanding the whole idea between the experience of unpackaging and using um, the palettes as part of the experience. But I've got a couple of makeup brands that are loose minerals that are so so good the pigmentation is so intense they're the best makeup artistry products that I've I've used personally and I'm, I've got a lot of makeup artist friends of mine who use them that because the presentation and their loose minerals can be a little bit you know you have to tap off the excess um, on the brush they're a little bit harder to use um, on a day-to-day you know just whack it on probably makeup is it's got a little bit more to go the next one is natural perfume is really it's one that's drug that we do struggle to see a good uptake and I know that you'll probably see this as well Liz because again it's that it's marketing and people just are not educated to the hidden or the unseen things that, that are held in synthetic perfumes and what they can do to your endocrine system and and things like that. And it's only, this is like taking the blue pill or the red pill, whichever one it is on the matrix. Like once you make the switch to natural perfume, you cannot go back. I get a headache when, when someone comes in and the lingering smell of the synthetic fragrance, it actually, but me personally, I have, I have a reaction to it now that I'm like, oh, okay, well, I know that that's something that I could never, ever, ever go back to. We hear that all the time. People say once they make the switch to natural perfume, we always say with with One Seed, which is my brand, you need to give it a week and not use any other perfume, especially any other synthetics. And once that week is over, almost everybody will say, I cannot go back to using my conventional yeah. perfume. But it takes a bit of a switch. And I think, as you say, it's not a category that's yet taking off in Australia because people are, A, not quite educated about the hidden dangers of synthetic perfume, but also I think because we are so emotionally connected to scent that if we have a perfume that speaks to us on on an emotional level, it's very hard to give that up. So Mm. it's, uh, yeah, it's giving people a few more reasons to, to give it up or experiment or at least try something else. Oh, and I also think the third thing on that one is I do not understand why you can just have one word that encapsulates all of the ingredients that go into making perfume. So oh, yeah. that fragrance. fragrance that just blows my mind that it can be a myriad of how many different chemicals. And if they were written down on a label, then people would turn it around and go, gosh, I don't understand what any of those words mean. And the list goes on and on and on. But the word yeah. fragrance, well, that's easy to understand and digest and goes, oh, well, it's just fragrance, you know. 
Yeah, it sounds innocuous, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's it's almost like saying that an ingredient is a perception because fragrance is really perception. That's right. So we feel like, oh, it's just perception. It's just a fragrance, just something I smell. And, yeah, it makes it feel good. But, yeah, I, yeah. I can understand why that one has not quite taken off yet. And I really do think that fragrance is the tail end of the dog. So everybody tends to start with deodorant or toothpaste and, you know, then it's washing powder and then it's shampoo and there's a whole sort of series of progressions and fragrance in my experience I've been in fragrance in natural fragrance now for 11 years and I'm seeing there's just starting to be uptake now it's the last cab off the rank it's the last thing people are considering when they're making the switch to cleaner beauty that's for sure yeah I think that natural fragrance is so much more subtle and beautiful and it connects with people in such an, a less um intense you know over the top way like it's such a beautiful um, way of experience a fragrance rather than having this thing that lingers on your seatbelt for you know three weeks afterwards yeah my third product that is outrageously good but hasn't taken off yet it was actually toothpaste oh. um, because I have such an aesthetically pleasing store it's been really an interesting one about natural toothpaste yes deodorant and toothpaste may be the first ones that do come off the ranks for a lot of people but for me and my clientele the mainstream toothpaste has really captured the market with their synthetic things that make the toothpaste really frothy and you know all of the marketing that goes behind that I think um finding a natural toothpaste that is as minty fresh um without the fluoride um is a really big one and I think that natural toothpaste have got a bit of a way to go before they can really be put on the platform they deserve to be put on they're just seen as a thing to go in the organic health food store that you choose for your children maybe but really the chemicals that are in mainstream toothpaste compared to the natural alternatives that we have out there now that you know whiten your teeth that taste minty fresh as anything I think that they're really going to um, take off soon as well okay that's an interesting one. I did not think you were going to say toothpaste. <laughs> so can you give me 60 seconds, Liddy, on what are your three beauty products that you personally can't live without? Oh, gosh. Um, 100% um, my natural fragrance, which I love the men's range Solitude. Oh, beautiful. Um, and then my Inica BB cream. It's my everyday go-to. And my Love Bite toothpaste in peppermint. That's why you have a thing about toothpaste. <laughs> you found one that looks amazing and works really well by the sounds of it. Makes my mouth minty fresh. It's all about the experience to me, to be honest. And for listeners who've just started to consider making some changes over to natural makeup and beauty and, and fragrance and so on, where do you think is a really good place to start? Ah, uh, Gosh, start by the thing that you've got the concern with. I would say the easiest thing for people to start with is if they have a skincare concern, come on in and have a look and ask for help with our team. Um, look for something natural for your skin because you're going to see the results. Beautiful. And I just want to also make sure people know where to find you because, of course, now with hibernation, with COVID-19, all of our stores are closed down. So normally, Conscious Kin, you've got a beautiful store in Brisbane in Fortitude Valley. But while we can't go visit you there, how else can we find you and where do we find you on social media and so on? 
It's actually one of these times that I'm super grateful that we have already created an online store. So we're at uh, ConsciousKin.com. You can find us there. Our handle on Instagram is at Conscious.Kin and we're on Facebook as well. You just um, search for us as ConsciousKin there and we're always around and I'm exclusively Australia and New Zealand. I support locals. So that's my big thing for 2020 before even all of this epidemic happened and I express post all of my packages out because I know we love to get things straight away. Everything in clean beauty, natural beauty and holistic well-being as well. It is really important that we continue to support the businesses that we love so that when we all emerge out of this, we've still got these beautiful businesses to go to. It's been such a pleasure to speak to you today, Lydia, and find out more about the evolution of Conscious Kin and hear your take on clean beauty. Thank you so much for being part of our podcast today. Oh, and thank you so much, Liz, for including me in this. I, I wish you the best as well. And I think what you're doing with this podcast is fantastic. Fantastic.